Welcome to the Unapologetically Fueled podcast, where we talk nutrition, identity, performance, and the psychology behind it all. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm literally so excited today. I have a very special guest. I have Allie, um, and she is just such an awesome just person and influencer. She has social media accounts and um, is just has an amazing inspirational story. And I'm so excited to hear more from her about her wisdom she's accumulated throughout the years and um, what her passions are and her stories. So could you introduce yourself a little bit, Allie, where people can connect with you and like what you love to do? Yeah, of course. So my name is Allie. You might know me on Instagram as Allie Smurphy. Um, my last name is Murphy, but, um, yeah, I do a lot of, I mean, I used to do YouTube, um, kind of want to do it again once I get more time because it's really fun, but I used to do YouTube and I'm mainly only on Instagram. Um, but I love fitness. I love talking about my faith, just kind of sharing my life, um, I'm a kinesiology major at George Mason University. I have like three other siblings. I'm the oldest. And yeah, that's kind of a lot. I love country music. I say that a lot. Um, But yeah, that's kind of everything about me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, you are a very smart kinesiology major. You're going to be <laughs> Thank good. What, you. Yeah. What do you want to do for um, a future career? So I want to, um, I was an athlete all growing up. I swam competitively. Um, so I did, I did that for like 12 years, mm-hmm. um, but I always did extra things on the side. Like I did volleyball, basketball. I ran, I've run a lot most of my life. Um, so I want to like, I want to help athletes. Um, That's kind of my main goal with my career is athletic training. Um, I want to do it for professional sports eventually, but like collegiate level is kind of where I'm focusing on. So that's what I want to do with my career. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that. I love how I feel like the best athletic trainers are the ones who like were athletes or like were injured and like have gone through it because you know, like what it takes to be a compassionate, like AT. Yeah. 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 And I'm going through my first like rough injury ever, um, this past year. So like, it's really opened my eyes to like what I need. I never really understood injury before this. I knew it was hard, but I had no idea it was like as hard as it is. So that's a big reason I went through that or I'm going through this. (laughs) Yeah. Like what's, um, what's going on with your injury, if you don't mind sharing a little bit and then we can kind of get into more of your athletic journey, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so I swam competitively until I was 18 and after high school, I kind of like, I didn't go to college for sports. So like I kind of, that's when I really started picking up running, like mm-hmm. than swimming. Um, so I started running a lot, started weightlifting a lot more. So running and lifting are kind of my two main sports, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, years passed, I've never really done any races just because I was, I never thought I was good enough of a runner. Um, but like this past year I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to challenge myself this year. I'm actually going to sign up for races. I thought doing some sprint triathlons would be fun, you know, since I love swimming and stuff too. Um, cause one day I want to do an Ironman, but obviously really got to build up to that. 
Oh yeah, that's um, amazing. That's intense. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to start with some sprint triathlons. Um, so I was like, I want to do a half marathon. I want to do some sprint triathlons. That's going to be what I'm going to do this year. Um, so I started like training myself, which probably wasn't the smartest thing because I've never had a coach. Um, so I think I know I have my training too fast. And, um, I went from, I'm typically like a 15 to 20 mile a week runner, like kind of just basic. Um, I bumped it up to 40 pretty fast. Like I tried to do it a little bit, but you know how, if you're a runner, you know, Oh yeah. Kind of addicted. Mm-hmm. I would just, <laughs> so I just bumped it up. Just yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Just a little bit more. Come on. You can push yourself. You can do it. Yeah. Um, and I was getting faster too. So I was kind of addicted to that. And I had ran like five days in a row and it was new year's Eve. And I was like, I can't take a rest day now. It's new year's Eve, the last run of the year. No, I should have taken a rest day. Um, I fractured my tibia and I didn't, I, I didn't know what it was at first. Cause I'd never been injured before. I just knew that my leg hurt really freaking bad. And there was a lump in the side of my, in like my medial calf. Um, and so I just like stopped running for a little while and then February came and it was still killing me. So that's when I went to get it checked out at the doctor and they were like, yeah, you got a stress fracture. They put me in a boot. Um, and like now the bone's fine. I, tr- I went to physical therapy a couple of times. She tried to get me back into running, but it still didn't feel normal. Um, so I've kind of been out of running for a while. I've gone like back and forth trying. Um, but like my calf hasn't been, it's been like my, it's not like the bone anymore. It's been the calf muscle and muscular injuries are so much harder to figure out. Um, but thankfully I think we're on the right path because it's the pain is like completely gone. It's just a little, like, uh, I've been seeing a physical therapist again, um, twice a week now. And, uh, she's describing it as like crunchy. So it's a muscle strain. Uh-huh. Um, and we're just trying to like get all that junk out of there so that it it's doing better, but we're not fully there yet. Oh, <laughs> that's so hard. Yeah. Oh. Like nine months of not really being able to run that much, but it's okay. <laughs> that's really hard. And when you get back, I feel like injuries, like they're, they literally suck, especially when like running is like your fit. Like I feel that so much like the addiction. It's like you have yeah. like, Oh, I have six miles on the I can do eight. I can do yeah. whatever. And then it's, it's like, like oh, I can totally do that. Right. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's definitely, um, but yeah, it's so easy to do. It's so easy, easy to like increase mileage super fast. Um, mm-hmm. but I guess like it does definitely help in the future to know like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't increase mileage that fast next time yeah. or like, build up for a long time because I feel like it's easy to see like on Instagram we follow all these runners who are doing like Mm -hmm. 60 miles a week 70 miles a week doing doubles and it's like these people have built up for like 12 years so yeah yeah it's definitely definitely and I was never a runner I ran when I was younger but not like every day like like competitively at all Mm -hmm. was my thing so when I just picked up running when I was like 18 I can't just bump up to so much so fast. Yeah, exactly. How have you been like coping with not being able to run and stuff? Like what are some things that you've, that have helped you get through this? Um, I've cried a lot, honestly, which is beautiful. 
it's fine. I know it's a terrible thing. So I'm just going to let myself sit and cry through it. <laughs> I'm so happy you said that because as a clinical psychology student who does research on emotional expression, that is like the healthiest thing you can do right now. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a professional. I'm trained to be one. <laughs> Nobody who's listening to this say that like, oh, no, 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 but look at research. Look at like, that is beautiful. That is what you're supposed to do. It's very healthy for you and it will help your feeling. Yeah, it does feel better because I don't know, it feels better than just sitting here being angry about it. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather just cry out. Um, yeah. But thankfully I can walk. So I, I can go for walks. Um, I've swam some more. It got me kind of more into swimming than I have been the past couple of years. Um, and then obviously weightlifting is like one of my favorite things ever. So I've been able to do that. Not many leg days, but I can, at least I can still lift. So yeah. Yeah. And then just trusting that like, God's got a plan for this before this. I'd never, like I said, I never had like a bad injury. So like now I know what other athletes feel that I may treat in the future. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause like, obviously it's like, it's so evident, like you're so passionate about like kinesiology and stuff and you're so smart and you're so just like, it's beautiful. Like I can truly see that like God put that calling on your heart and like that it is his path for you. Like he all had, he has like, I mean, the goal in life is, you know, build for his kingdom and to like Mm -hmm. serve him through what we do. And so he gives us these callings and like your calling is an athletic trainer. And sometimes we do have to go through the hard stuff that he like allows in our life, um, in order to like really live into that calling. So, Mm -hmm. um, even though like maybe he, he, he didn't want you to experience this injury, he didn't want you to experience pain, but like he's using it so that you can like live into your calling in an even better way. And I think that's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Kind of how I felt about like when in high school, I went through an eating disorder too. So um, my whole goal was to go pro for sports. Yeah. It's like, obviously that didn't happen because of my eating disorder. God didn't want me to be the pro athlete. He wants me to be the one helping them. Like, leading others in the future. So yeah, that's kind of where my mind is with that too. That's given me a lot of peace. For sure. If you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more about your story about like, you know, um, you mentioned, I mean, you were a competitive swimmer, wanted to go pro and stuff as far as us athletics, but what is your like story with underfueling your eating disorder and recovery and all of that stuff? Yeah. So I feel like it really, um, started around the time I was like 13 ish. Um, <laughs> maybe like 12, um, not really like with food kind of more mentally, I started to get really insecure and like criticize my body and stuff like that. And just, I would think more about what I was eating. Not that I put anything into action, but I was just kind of like between sports and kind of like feeling insecure. It was like, "Mm, I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, Mm -hmm. my mom was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and it was really debilitating for her um it was like some of the hardest years of our lives um and just seeing her so sick made me really scared that like I would be sick too I'm like oh my gosh this runs in the family so like I need to protect myself so um she ended up having to she was diagnosed with Sjogren's Sjogren oh my gosh I can't talk Sjogren's syndrome um and basically she had to like adjust her diet for a short period of time to kind of get all the inflammation and 
everything out of her system so that her body would stop attacking itself, you know? Um, and then it only took her a couple of months to kind of get better. Um, and she started being able to introduce foods back in and like figure stuff out again. But I like, I kind of took it upon myself that I thought that, that was healthy, that like, because that's how she had to eat to get better, that that was perfect eating. So I stuck to it. Um, and at first it was okay calorically, like I was eating enough calories, but then, you know, I started to get addicted to things like Pinterest where I'd see like low carb recipes and I was just obsessed with food. And we even talked about sending me to culinary school and I hate cooking. I am rarely in the kitchen. I mean, to make my food, but my food is like really fast, very simple stuff. I hate cooking. And then Allie should go to culinary school, all this stuff. And I'm so glad that we didn't go that route because I hate it. Um, no shade to everyone who does like to cook. I just don't. Yeah. Um, but I got really obsessed with food and I started eating less and less until I was probably barely eating like less than a thousand calories a day and exercising a lot. Um, and my parents didn't really realize what was going on. They, they knew something was weird, but um, like they didn't really notice anything until I lost my period. Mm-hmm. So I had my monthly cycle for a few months and they were like, this isn't healthy. Um, so they, I guess they looked up like why a girl would not have her menstrual cycle. And that was one of the things and noting all the weird things I had around food Um, They took me to the doctor and um, my doctor diagnosed me with anorexia in 2016. Um, And then I went away to treatment that summer, but my weight was stable. Like I, I had lost some weight, but then I gained it back pretty fast. Mm -hmm. My weight was stable. So insurance kicked me out. Um, Yeah. Yep. That happened to me too. And it is the most annoying thing in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just have to say that. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. No, I was in the worst mental, like my mindset was horrible. It was worse than it was like when I was diagnosed, I was really rebellious and I didn't want to do the things I was supposed to be doing just because I don't even know why the eating disorder is so confusing yeah. and weird. <laughs> so weird. I was so I got kicked out, but I was the worst in the worst mm-hmm. space I was ever in my life. Um, and then it just all went downhill from there. Um, my parents were like, we can't force you to do all this stuff anymore. Like you're literally 16. We're not going to watch every, everything that you put into your mouth just to make sure you're eating. Um, I was not, as soon as I was diagnosed when I was 16, my doctor was like, she's not allowed to play sports. She's not allowed to go to the gym. Like, so I wasn't able to do any of that um, until after I'd recovered. But, um, so like really it was just, I started because my parents weren't really forcing anything at that point. I just started like restricting and restricting and it was literally killing myself. Like it was horrible. I was secluded. I wouldn't hang out with friends. Um, I had two good friends in middle school. And as soon as like I was diagnosed and everything, it was kind of like, they were gone because I didn't make any efforts to do anything with anybody. Um, and no, like I ended up, um, we got, my parents and I got into a fight one night in 2017 and, um, 
they called my therapist because it got so intense and like we rushed to go see her and I told her I was like um I think I need to go back to treatment she's like yeah you do (laughs) um but like she said that um like me acting out in the ways that I had been like fighting so much with my parents was me trying to beg them to send me away but I just like couldn't say it myself so I was acting out to try to give them the hint um I don't know if consciously I knew that I was doing that but that's kind of her theory I guess totally um and I was like yeah I really need to go back um I just can't tell them myself so she pulled my parents in there and I walked out of the room and she told them for me and the next week I was back in treatment and I was there for like 15 weeks that time so much much longer than three weeks (laughs) yeah how did insurance handle that I think because I went to the same place. So I think because they were like, oh, she's like, they covered it. Um, my yeah. parents had to like meet the deductible or whatever first. Mm-hmm. They covered the rest of it for as long as I needed to stay. I guess because like between the treatment team that was there and my parents, they were like, she's really not healthy. Like she's been here before. She needs help. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. So yeah, I was there um, up until my therapist there thought that I was okay to go home. So it took 15 weeks, but yeah. (laughs) That's a lot. Where did you go to treatment at? I went to Center for Discovery. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, they have locations everywhere, I feel like, but Yeah. yeah. Did you like the program? I didn't the first time. Um, the second time, obviously it's hard. So mm-hmm. like there isn't going to be like, oh, I love being here. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a really good program and it helped me a lot. Um, there were some difficulties, like my therapist went away on vacation one week um, and the replacement therapist kind of really did not do well. Um, she basically told me I was self-sabotaging myself. And I heard from a couple other people um, who were also there that she was also kind of like, I guess, trying to sabotage them, like trying to make them, I don't know if she was trying to make them think harder or us think harder about things, but it was coming across really harsh. And my dietitian ended up like taking over my meal plan. So I wasn't able to choose any of my food for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Lies that that therapist the substitute therapist had told her and I was very angry about that but it all worked out (laughs) oh my gosh okay good but yeah yeah, that's a long that's a long treatment hall and um that's a lot and I am just like I just want to like acknowledge how strong you are and how like proud I am of you for going through that and overcoming it. Cause I understand like I've been to treatment for mm-hmm. a length of time before and it's tough. Um, and it's definitely one of the toughest things like we'll ever do in our lives for sure. Yeah. Um, I think about it sometimes and I'm like, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. I just can't believe I lived that way. Right. 
I know. You know, I feel like a lot of us who do develop eating disorders, so we're all very perfectionistic, you know, high Mm -hmm. achievers, type A, right? And so in middle school, when you're having that conversation and they're like, oh, there's these different things called eating disorders. And we're like, I would never have that. Yeah. We're perfect, right? Because we're perfectionistic Uh and we say, oh, wow, well, I'm never going to get that because I'm perfect and my behavior is perfect. My mental health is perfect. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. I did. And that's okay. And uh, I went through that. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So how did you like, when you did leave treatment and stuff, were you, would you say where you were in like a better space, fully recovered at that point? Like, how did you really commit to recover fully? And was there like an aha moment that really helped you? Yeah. So, um, the second time, obviously not the first time when I left, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the second time when I left, it was like, I would say that like, that's the point where I was fully recovered. Like, um, I really never had any eating disorder thoughts after I left. Mm-hmm. It was like, obviously it's still really hard. And I knew what I'd been through in the past. Like I couldn't go back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, my body was such a healthy place that I was like, why do I want, why would I want to do that to my body again? Yeah. Um, and, like, obviously it hasn't been e- easy since then. Like I have bad body image days and stuff like that. But I think the thing that really helps um, me the most, I kind of had, I feel like the aha moment was before I went back when I told my therapist, like, this, I don't want this life anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I'm torturing myself by doing this. I just want to, like, enjoy my life. Um, so also, um, when me and my parents got into that fight, my dad broke down and, like, like bawling like tears and I'd never seen him cry before and I that made me kind of realize like oh my gosh I'm not even I'm not just destroying my life I'm destroying everybody's lives around me um all for what like honestly what what is this even for (laughs) like I'm scared of food why why do I have to be scared of something you know so yeah I know like like mentally it's a mental illness so you can't fully ration with that mm-hmm. but it's just got to be your choice to make the steps to you know you have to realize it's not rational and you have to do what you have to do to get rid of it <laughs> exactly absolutely and no there's so much in that like honestly like seeing your parents especially be affected can be really really hard um and also I do want to note that it is the eating disorder that destroyed people's lives not you yeah yeah because you are separate from the eating disorder and Mm -hmm. it is true like we don't you don't have a choice to get diagnosed with an eating disorder but we do have the choice to like say I want to get better um yeah and I think that's, that's such a powerful distinction because there's so many people who are stuck in the cycle of go to treatment, come home, go to treatment, get home, come yeah, home, and waiting for somebody to recover for them. And yes, you really can't, you have to choose it for you. So it's so sad to see that too. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, when did you start exercising again after recovery? And like, how did you develop a healthy relationship with exercise and sport again after going through that and how do you maintain that yeah um so I I got my period back which was like really good so (laughs) my dietitian I still saw a dietitian after um 
I left for treatment. I left from treatment because like, obviously I needed to figure out how to do normal life again after staying in a treatment center for so long. Yeah. Um, but she was like, if you have a period for three consecutive months, you can join swim team again um, and start going to the gym. Um, so I had my period for three months and she was like, all right, coming <laughs> and going to the gym. So my parents went to the gym with me, um, just to make sure like, you know, I was, I wouldn't compulsively do anything like compulsive exercising and everything. Um, so my parents went with me for a while and obviously I was on swim team. So I was going to practices and stuff and meets. Um, um, honestly, what, I never really had an unhealthy relationship with exercise after I recovered. Obviously, like I was talking about earlier, there's that addiction to be like, oh my gosh, I know I can do more, mm-hmm. but it's never been to the point of like, if I don't exercise, I can't eat. Or if I don't exercise, then like I'm a failure. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's like yeah. that mindset is uh, also, I mean, it's very evident in both, I mean, athletes in general. And I feel like that is like, it doesn't have to be an unhealthy thing. Like saying like, Oh, I can go more and more. Like that's just the general natural, like drive to do more, but yeah, exactly. That distinction is super important. Yeah. Um, I think it's really helped me because my focus has been more on performance than it has been on like my physique, you know, even though I love to lift and I like to feel strong and like look good and whatever, like, obviously that's a part of training is we want to look good, you know, I'm going to deny that. Mm -hmm. But overall, most importantly is my performance. And I'm not going to be at the gym feeling hungry or on a run feeling hungry or weak, or like my heart's going to stop or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's been really, really big for me is like, I'm going to feel fueled and ready to go. I'm not going to be out there feeling weak and no calories or not enough. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. That's so important. Like who wants to lift when they're hungry? Like, you're not going to have the same power. Like people are like going to the gym, like, and they're hungry or whatever. They're not fueled properly. They're lifting heavy, but they're not going to gain muscle because you don't have the proper fuel. So like, no, no point. And like without rest days, you're just going to keep breaking down those muscle fibers. So like, what benefit are you doing? Exactly. Exactly. So, okay. I know that you like preach rest days all the time and it's so great um, on Instagram, like on Instagram, like I love how much like you're like guys take rest days. So like, how did you like, how many rest days do you take a week? Like what did you ever struggle with taking rest days? And like, what have you noticed has been like a benefit in taking rest days? Yeah. Well, first off, I sleep a lot better um, when I take my rest days. Cause I'm like, my body needs to chill. It can't just be going all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like you can only work out parts of your body so much before they start to hurt really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to feel weak. Um, but yeah, I um, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, it's okay. I literally do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think the most important thing, like, I just want people to know that it's normal to take rest days because for some reason I feel like, I mean, I've gotten this, um, feeling too, just looking at people. I'm like, these people just never take rest days. Like why, why does it seem like they're working out every single day of the week? 
So when I take a rest day, I just post like rest day vibes or something like that, because I don't want people to be like, wow, she's at the gym seven days a week because I'm not like take at least two days off mm-hmm. for like, I, I like to go for walks because that's therapeutic, but I don't lift or run or swim every single day of the week. I take two days off sometimes more if I need it, but at least two days. Mm-hmm. That's so important. And your body truly cannot rebuild without that. And like, there's people out there who are like, oh my gosh, I have one rest day a week. Like, I feel so bad. I'm like, your body's rebuilding that day. And like, even if, oh my gosh. And people are like, so over analytic about what they eat on rest days, but it's like you. No, you can't be. No, it's so important to. Our bodies aren't machines. No. No, it just needs the food. It needs the rest. Just as it needs to move. (laughs) exactly and like some days like if you just want to lay in bed and eat all day like that is totally fine and like nothing's gonna happen to you besides you're gonna get healthier (laughs) yeah you're gonna fuel up and be ready for the next time exactly exactly yeah but rest days are super important and I definitely think like our culture is too obsessed in like the go 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 like you know, productivity, but like we really, I mean, even if we are have to be productive and stuff, like your body still needs rest. Like you cannot be working mm-hmm. every single day and stressing your heart and your muscles out because yeah. Cause that's just gonna set you up for like worse things. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I've I feel like I've had a pretty good like relationship with exercise, but I was training a lot last year too. Um, because you know, I was wanting to do races and stuff this year. And, um, I was training a lot last summer specifically, and my hormones went out of whack. My thyroid, thyroid hormones elevated. And even though I was eating a lot, I was losing weight and it wasn't for like any reasons that like of my past, it was just like, my body was stressed out and it didn't know what to do. Um, I was anemic. I developed anxiety and I had to take medication for a little while. (laughs) So thankfully I got that under control, but that just goes to show that if you don't take rest seriously, your body's going to freak out. Exactly. That is scary. Like our body, like stress is so bad for our body. Mm -hmm. Like that was also proof to me that like, it doesn't matter if I'm even fueling myself well enough. Like I know I was eating enough. Mm -hmm. It's my body needed to chill. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. No, that is so, so, so good and valid. And it's like, uh, like when we can't like compare ourselves either to like other people's training schedules, like Mm -hmm. if some people can handle like 70 mile weeks and be fine and their body's all happy and stuff, then that's them. But if our bodies like we're so unique can handle 20 mile weeks without getting too stressed out, then that's what we do. Mm -hmm. So stress is plays such an important health. Like that's like the, I mean, I'm just like starting my PhD program, but like that's the type of research I'm going to be doing is like how stress and like emotions like affect our physical health. And it's just like, it's very real. Um, and very like, it's so bad. Um, so, I mean, like a lot of, you know, when, if we talk about like HA, you know, like, I mean, it is the, you know, medical textbook definition is like, oh, you need to eat more or whatever, to Mm -hmm. but if you are, missing your period and, um, you 
have been weight restored or you are eating enough or whatever, like doctors then go, okay, well, what are your stress levels like? And they mm-hmm. look at your stress levels. And if they're just way too high, you're like, um, your body, that's why exactly. It just blocks all those hormones. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I had lost my period again back then too mm-hmm. months. So it was like, I was, I was scared to like say anything about it. I never talked about it. Cause like, I'm not, not that I would go talking about it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that's personal, but like, <laughs> I didn't want people to be like, Oh, well, she's not eating enough. Or like, Oh, she has an eating disorder again. Like, no, I don't. There's like other things contributing to this that I need to fix. So exactly, it's not always just one little perfect box. Oh yeah. Eating disorder. No, it's really not. It's so, it's so in tuned like to each individual, but yeah, it's yeah. like your body when it's under a lot of stress, it literally just turns into like an engine that just like eats up everything that you give it like your metabolism like I went through a very similar thing like with um stress and stuff and it's just like your metabolism man just like mm-hmm. it's either it either goes really 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 high or it, or it drops yeah yeah and so if you are somebody who's genetically predispositioned to have a higher metabolism you are going to like it's it's crazy so yeah mm-hmm. take it's before care. my mom had sugarins sorry Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no. Sorry. I was going to say, take your rest days, people. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, before my mom had Sjogren's, she had hyperthyroidism. Like she was diagnosed with it. Mm-hmm. So I've had a fast metabolism all my life. I've always been on the smaller side. So like, obviously my body is just going to go crazy. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's so, it's so dependent, so genetic. And yeah, yeah. Like, we, okay. I literally talk about this on like every podcast, but like I feel like it always, like, it always comes up because we talk about, like, differences, like, metabolism and, like, how you shouldn't compare, but it's, like, your fitness mm-hmm. tracker, guys, it's not accurate. No, it's not at all. It's so, like, there's so many things that affect your metabolism. Like, your genetic yeah. is huge. So, it's, like. Yeah. It's, like, well, why do I do this, but I don't look like her? Or yeah. I eat this way. I eat so much less than her, but I'm, like, well, I'm, like, you're messing up your metabolism. And if you're relying on the calorie tracking it's like not gonna help <laughs> nope it underestimates it way too much yeah. yeah yeah so yeah what advice do you have for people who maybe like are scared to eat as much on rest days as they do on training days because I know that's a huge thing in like the athletic community and fitness community mm-hmm. um so for one thing if you don't eat enough you're slowing down your metabolism like you're taking away energy from your body that it needs mm-hmm. by not eating enough. Even if you're not exercising, your body systems are slowing down to preserve that energy. So if you're not eating enough, what makes you think that, you know, you're going to be able to withstand a harder workout. And what makes you think that like, even if you do eat more on a training day that you're, I honestly doubt that that person would even be eating enough on a training day if they're not eating enough on a rest day, you know, like what makes them think that they're eating enough, you know? So I think it's just a big truth that they need to think about for themselves. Like if I'm not eating enough calories today, that's, I mean, it balances out throughout the week. Like your energy levels are dependent upon what you eat every single day, regardless of whether you work out or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your body. I mean, look at all the other people in the world. Like 
my siblings, they're not really into sports. They don't really work out that much. My sister goes to the gym a couple times a week, maybe, but she's not like a high performance person. They're fine. They eat whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> exactly. Like you need to like, realize that like, you can't just skimp out on like you, your mm-hmm. body, like, your main source of energy comes from your body. Like, yes, yeah. yes we are going to use energy when we're performing athletics, but I mean, the main source of energy, like you replenish that if you're feeling right, like you're going to replenish that on top of everything else you need to eat. Mm-hmm. So if you are like, let's say you go for a run in the morning, you're going to eat something before that you are going to eat a snack afterwards. Then you're going to have your meals for the day. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you, you run in the afternoon, you're going to feel between that or like work out or whatever you do, because like, yes, that's going to expend energy, but also like not more energy than your body would burn at rest. And so that's what people realize. I think, I don't think people realize that like the majority of people with a healthy metabolism burn like at least 1300 to 1400 calories, just literally not even moving muscle, not even twitching, like laying in bed, bed rest, barely breathe, like, I guess, breathing, heart beating, that's, you burn that much. So it doesn't that's all you eat for a day. No. Yeah. I think that at least 2000 for a normal person. Mm-hmm. For sure. At least like. Absolutely. Add activity on top of that. You're going to need more because you're, you know, you're burning through energy stores, but that's not, that shouldn't really be the point of why you're exercising. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exercise is completely for pleasure and like performance purposes. Yep. 100%. Like, something you hate. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So what do you think it truly means to be like healthy then? I feel like because like, you know, the health is defined on social media, I feel like is like physical stuff and like training mm-hmm. and eating a certain way and not eating as much on rest days or whatever, or like being that girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so like from your experience, what do you think it truly means to be healthy? I think that obviously taking a balanced approach, I know that sounds so cliche, but if you are at peace with, you know, movement, you move the way that you want to move, you challenge yourself in healthy ways. Like, obviously I love a challenge. I'm going to push myself, but you have to learn the limit. Obviously, like I injured myself. I pushed the limit. Like that's not okay. Um, but you, I guess you need to learn, like, I don't know what types of things that you love do those things but not obsessively. I think being obsessed is the key thing here. Like if you're going to be obsessed with food, if you're going to be obsessed with calories or macros or working out a specific way, you should kind of take a step back and maybe not do it for a little while and see how you feel. Um, like rest your mind. Um, but I think definitely mental health has a lot to do with physical health. Um, cause if your mental health is not in a good space, I don't think that a lot of things that you do in life are going to be very healthy. Um, if that makes any sense. Um, and as for like eating and things, eating desserts are fine. Eating something packaged like goldfish or something is totally fine. Drinking calories is fine. Like, I feel like all of these things that our society demonizes is just mm-hmm. completely crazy. Like, obviously we need to eat for nutrition, Cause there's so many foods, like the foods that people deem as healthy, they have vitamins and minerals that we need to survive. And obviously we need a diversity of those because you're not going to get the same nutrients from every food. 
mm-hmm. like we need a diverse diet, but we also need to be like, I don't know, live <laughs> Yeah. on your birthday. It's fun. It's have cake, ice cream, enjoy yourself. Like to be able to do those things and not feel like you have to go burn things off or feel guilty about it. I feel like that's very healthy to just, just live, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Like there are so many different realms of health that make up what health really is. And it's not just what you eat and your exercise levels and your mental health. There's, you know, social health. Like, are you spiritual health? Spiritual health. Like, are you connecting with people? Are you connecting with God or, um, however you connect spiritually, like if you have, like, if you were thinking that your exercise routine that is making you healthy, but is taking away from your social life is Mm -hmm. healthy, then it's not because then it's taking away another aspect of health. Like it's not, it's not black and white. It's, there's so many different aspects of health. And like, if you go on vacation for a couple Mm -hmm. of something, you can't exercise, but you're making memories and your mental health is good you're healthy. Like, yeah, nothing's going to happen to your body. Like crazy how, like, I know I used to think that like taking a day off or something was going to completely change me or having having a slice of cake for like someone's birthday was going to like, doesn't change you. Like it's just a small factor in every, our lives are not, it's not just going to come crashing down all of a sudden. It's not a big catastrophe. No. Exactly. And like, also like it takes a lot of like, in order to actually make an actual change, like in your body or in your life, like it takes a long time. And Mm -hmm. if you've ever had to like gain weight before, if you've ever, like, if anybody out there is listening has ever had to gain weight, you know how long it takes and Mm -hmm. vice versa. And so it's just like one slice of cake is literally going to do nothing. Even if you have, like, I have two desserts a day. And it's great. And like literally nothing happens to me besides I'm happy. I know. And it tastes good. So good. Why deprive yourself? Come on. Exactly. Like guys, serotonin, your brain needs serotonin and serotonin gets released when you eat desserts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, obviously don't eat all desserts all the time. Like every single day, I just have to put all these disclaimers out here because I never want anybody to like listen to this and be like, oh, she said like eating all or nothing. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, fail. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's really good advice. <laughs> um, how has your faith played into this? And like, you know, find, like finding out, I guess, like what true health is and like fitness. And I'm sorry, my dog is snoring next to me. Um, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that in. Um, yeah. How's your faith played into recovery and athletics and finding yeah. peace again? Yeah. So, um, like I was like, my parents are Christians. I was kind of born and raised going to church and like watching Veggie Tales and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> so like, I've always loved God and I've had like, I had, I feel like I had a very innocent upbringing. Like there's never a reason for me to question, you know, anything. Um, and I think it was like when I developed my eating disorder that I really fell away from him because like, honestly, all I was thinking about was restricting and like my body and like trying to have that false sense of control 
Um, I completely like fell away. I was in church, but I w- wouldn't listen. Obviously I was thinking about other things, you know? Um, and then when I went away to treatment, the second time was when I had like that epiphany moment that like, oh my gosh, like God has a bigger role in my life than I'm giving him. And I need to like figure out my relationship with him. Um, and it was like, it was crazy. Um, I went to, uh, Barnes and Noble, um, with, cause like we had a little outing and we could buy a book and I bought this book that was called, you're going to be okay. I had no idea it was a Christian book. It turned out to be, and I was just like, wow. And then my parents were only allowed to take me out on Sundays for church. And then we get lunch somewhere afterwards. And then they take me back. Um, so it was kind of, it kind of all played out really well. Like the only reason I was allowed to go, like the only thing that would let me leave the treatment center was to go spend time with God. And, um, like in a place of worship, like, obviously I can talk to him whenever I want, but that special one time a week that I got to leave, um, was approved because it was for God. So like, that's kind of a big deal. (laughs) That's a huge deal. Yeah. So I kind of really turned that around and all growing up, I had like, I went to a Christian school. So whenever I did play sports for my school, my swim, I wasn't, I was only, I only did swim for my school one year. I was on like, uh, larger leagues before that. Um, but the one, like whenever I did do a sport, like volleyball or basketball or something with my school, um, we would pray before, like before games and stuff like that, we'd all get in a circle. And like my school's big thing was to the glory of God. Like we wrote it on the top of all of our assignments and stuff like that. And I just still, I think that's such a beautiful thing. Like it's such a great reminder that like everything that you do is to the glory of God. And, um, with my injury, it kind of reinforced that too. Like I'm not training for myself. I train for God's glory, like to bring him glory and what I'm able to do. Like, yes, this is what he's given me talent in is athletics. So it's not for me, it's for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that is so, I have goosebumps right now. (laughs) That's so beautiful. Wow. And it's like, it's, I love how you can see like how God has worked in every single step of the way in recovery, like even in treatment and like Mm -hmm. what he's doing now in your life. And he's literally using all of the struggles like you were talking like we literally were started the podcast with this but like yeah yeah like not only your injury but like your story he's using your story for his glory and I know that's like very cliche but it's so true and like now you do have more compassion for people who you're going to work with in the future and you even have like more compassion for like those that your post like the intended audience for you like you know your Instagram and stuff and like it's just like, you are completely giving glory to him. And it's just, oh, it's so, it's beautiful. God is so awesome. He is so amazing. I'm like, people, um, people say things sometimes and I'm like, I don't know. It's God. It's not me. Don't thank me. Yes, exactly. It's so, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's given me like a bigger picture of like people too. Like I used, when I was younger, I was not judgmental, but I was just like, the typical person kind of just rude like oh they look weird yeah. like making initial false judgments of people yeah it's god's also given me this love for people like through with everything i've been through just like 
giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. Like everyone's unique and beautiful. And it's so amazing to hear people's stories and their perspective of life. Even if I don't agree with them, I'm like, I still just like, I have, I could have all the reasons in the world to hate someone, but like, I would still want them to experience Jesus in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our job, right? <laughs> exactly. And that's what we're called to do. Yeah, exactly. Like we are called to spread his love and like, whether that's, you know, through direct saying like, Hey guys, follow Jesus. Like if people like all we can do is love one another, the way that he loved us. And that's like, mm-hmm. really always spread his love. And so that's really cool. That's, oh, that's so beautiful. He's, he's working and yeah, so many ways. Yeah, for real. Awesome. Um, well, time is running out a little bit, so I'm going to start with some closing questions. What right. is your, yes. What is your <laughs> morning routine? Like your go-to morning routine. You can do like a morning routine for like workout day, rest day, whatever. Um, and your go-to breakfast. Okay. So typically my morning is always the same, whether I work out or not, because uh-huh. I work out in the morning, but like, it's more like mid morning. Oh, yeah. um, so I'll wake up, um, I immediately get in the shower because it just wakes my body up. Um, I always have to shower before bed cause I need to be clean, but I just like, I don't wash my hair in the morning. Um, so I get in the shower and I warm up and wake up and then I do some stretching and yoga to kind of also wake my body up a little bit. Um, also I'm like really stiff in the morning a lot of the time. So I just like wake up. Um, then I go downstairs and I make breakfast and then I'll go to the gym after breakfast. So that's kind of my boring morning routine. Uh, for a rest day, I would start on schoolwork immediately after. Um, Cause, oh, um, I am like in an internship right now. So like some days I'll go to my internship. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that just started. So I'm like forgetting that I have that too. Yeah. Um, that when I do um do my internship that starts at 8 30 in the morning so eat breakfast go there do my internship and then go to the gym Mm -hmm. and then I always work at night um but um yeah then my favorite breakfast always has to be a yogurt bowl yum Greek yogurt with as much frozen fruit as I could fit in there uh cereal granola all that fun stuff and then I also love oatmeal but I usually have that at night (laughs) no it's such a good bedtime snack like yeah people are sleeping on oatmeal but like it's so good it's like at nighttime amazing (laughs) it's so good yeah yeah but yogurt always yogurt oh yes yogurt I love it it's so yummy (laughs) yeah Awesome. Well, this has been such a great episode, Allie. And like you, your story is literally just so transformational, inspirational. And yeah, you have just really shared so much wisdom today. And I hope you all follow her on Instagram, um, Allie Smurphy, and all of her socials down below. But really, like, Allie, you are amazing. And I just want to thank you for being on today because you, yeah it's beautiful how God is working in your life. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you for talking. Yeah. Yeah.